Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, this is Suzanne Knabenikol from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. What are police science snippets? They're basically little nuggets of information that are found in academic literature, studies that have been published that were conducted with scientific methodologies, hopefully to find out what works best in policing, law enforcement, military intelligence, forensic psychology, investigative psychology, all these areas. So if you work in policing or law enforcement, this is the kind of information that you should really have. And the reason that you don't usually get this kind of information is why Police Science Doctor exists. So I can try and funnel some of that into your lab, so to speak. What I do with these science snippets is I extract three every week from journals and articles that have just been published. And I send them out to everyone on the Police Science Doctor email list, which is a free email list. It's a free service that I offer. Every Tuesday, you get the three science snippets emailed to your inbox, and you also get the link to the original research. So if anyone who's interested in reading a little bit more about a snippet that, a snippet that I mentioned, you can just click on the link and it will take you to the original article. Whether you can access the full article or not is down to whether your you or your organization, your employer has subscription access to it. That's unfortunately beyond my control. I'm hoping that everything will be published open access at some point, but at the moment, not everything is, unfortunately. Before I get to this week's science snippets, I wanted to tell you about a live interview that I'm doing next Monday. That's Monday, the 26th of September, 2022, 4 p.m., British Standard Time, that's UK time here in London, which will be 11 a.m. For example, if you're in New York on the East Coast, I'm interviewing Dr. Matt Blunt from Cambridge University. I've interviewed him before about a different topic if we were talking about domestic abuse and the figures in that. However, now he's recently published some research and they, that research did feature in, my, in one of my recent police science snippets about how you can reduce crime by 40% if you send in patrols into the right place at the right time. So anyone who'd be interested in finding out how to reduce crime by 40%, please tune in. You can watch this live where you're watching this um, broadcast now. It's going to be on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And I'll also stream it later to Twitter or I'll stream it to Twitter, Twitter Live actually and to Facebook later. So um, if you join live, you'll be able to comment and actually ask Matt some questions that I can read out to him. So do join us live 4 p.m. UK time next Monday, British Standard Time, 26th of September. So let's get to this week's snippets. So a study was done about minimum height requirements to become a police officer. We know that a long time ago you had to be male and you had to be of a certain height to be able to join the police. I thought I'll um, tell you about this piece of research and I'll tell you what um, what my opinion is on it afterwards as well. So minimum height requirements have traditionally excluded many willing individuals from becoming police officers, um, often women as well. A study has now compared the performance of tall and short officers in a number of physical scenarios and found that taller subjects outperform shorter subjects in some of these. And I've got the link to the research there. Now I have to say anything that excludes women for a not very good reason I'm against. I am also almost six foot, so it's not that I have 
a vested interest in this for that reason, because I would have been excluded. I wouldn't have. But I do find that it is something that is not really necessary as a requirement. And so this study is actually showing that for some tasks, you are you are better suited or you perform better if you are tall. One of the examples was pulling someone out of a car, for example. And it took short people longer to pull someone out of a car than it took long tall people. Now, I need to qualify that. And in my snippets, in what I sent out, I do I have the snippet, then I have the link to the original research, and then that's it. Then I go on to the next snippet. This time, I think for the first time, possibly, I've actually put a comment behind that. And the comment is, however, it needs to be ascertained what proportion of realistic police work these physical scenarios actually represent. If you speak to a police officer who's been a police officer for 30 years, ask them how many times have you had to pull someone out of a car that has crashed? How many times does that happen? I don't know. I'm not saying at all that it doesn't happen ever. What I'm saying is that what we think police work is and what police work actually is are two very different things. We have known for a while now that we are completely misrepresenting the profession with the kind of advertising campaigns we do, and therefore we're bringing in the wrong kind of people. Advertising for police officer recruitment has often been very testosterone-driven, action-driven, slapping handcuffs on someone, throwing someone into the back of a police van, kicking down doors, letting the dogs loose on someone who's running away. That is actually a very small proportion of what police do now. The biggest proportion of police time is spent dealing with people in crisis who need um, emotional support, who need social support, who need someone to talk to and who need someone to try and reason with them. That is the vast majority. Now, if we, which is why I think that, okay, maybe tall people, including myself. Okay. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm being neutral here. It's not because I personally find this insulting. Maybe tall people are faster at pulling people out of cars. But if we actually recruited and tested for people's social skills and people's communication skills to deal with people, to deal with members of the public in actual represent more representative police scenarios that take place a lot more than a car having flipped um, flipped over and someone needing pulling out, I think we would have a lot more women come in than men. I think many men would fail. Many women will fail as well, but I think we'd have a high proportion of women coming through the system if we recruited for the social skills, communication skills, and emotional skills that are actually necessary to become a good police officer these days. So that is my caveat. I absolutely value the research. I think it's good that it was done. However, I think it needs to be qualified with with sort of questioning, querying what is actually representative of police work now. Because these kind of physical scenarios are not representative, really. The second snippet for this week is about police views on marijuana legislation. Um, not legislation, legalization, almost the same word. So police officers in Colorado, in a number of uh, areas in Colorado, were asked questions about their views and experiences of cannabis use having been re, um, legalized in, in Colorado. And instinctively, many of us would think, well, if it's legalized, the police have a lot less work to do. Okay, that doesn't seem to be the case, which is why I thought this was interesting. Police officers in Colorado, USA, stated that legislation of marijuana, legalization of marijuana, had a number of negative impacts. Illegal growing was still the case, or even increased as the black market 
product is cheaper than getting the Mariana from dispensaries. That, that's something I didn't expect. Use amongst youth and use amongst police have increased, as have drug driving and concerns about the drug in the community and other illicit drug use. So it didn't actually free up police time. In some ways, they're actually more busy and they, there are some other knock-on effects. And they also feel that it has increased drug use of other illicit drugs. So I thought that was quite interesting because it's not it's not decriminalized here in the UK yet. I see the the positives of decriminalizing it and treating it as more of a health issue, but from law enforcement from a law enforcement perspective, it's very interesting to have these views from those police officers. And the third and last snippet for this week is the impact of witnessing interparental abuse. Girls witnessing domestic abuse perpetrated by their father towards their mother are more likely to justify male-on-female partner violence as adults, which means they're much more likely to be become victimized in a relationship. They're more likely to end up in abusive relationships themselves. This is something that we need to keep in mind. I saw some other research recently that I came across. I don't know if that was included in one of the my recent snippets or not about the fact that I know I think it wasn't it wasn't a student's essay that I was marking about the fact that when we talk about domestic abuse, we mainly talk about the perpetrator and the victim. Children very much get sidelined by the police. You know, children were present, but we perhaps don't pay nearly enough attention to the impact that witnessing these abusive episodes have on children and their later development. We know that they're at much higher risk of becoming victims or perpetrators themselves if they grew up in an abusive household. But it is really important to understand this connection and to see that how their views are affected because that is basically impacting their decision-making process. And as you know, everything we do is down to our, most things we do is down to our own decisions. And if we are a lot more permissive of um, male to female partner abuse, as a woman, we're far more likely to experience it ourselves. So these were the snippets for today. Again, remember, Monday, 26th of September, four o'clock in the afternoon in the UK. So just look up whichever time zone that is, um, which time, what that translates to in terms of time. And I I hope to see you live on that during that interview. So you can ask some questions that I can put to Matt and hopefully he can answer them. And um, I'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.